your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. And we got a fun one for you today. We're going to be recapping the St. Louis Blues victory over the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to be breaking it down uh, for you guys. Massive win, huge win for the St. Louis Blues going towards the end stretch of this season. Second part of this episode, we're going to be talking about the impact of Ryan O'Reilly kind of what we can expect from Ryan O'Reilly or more what he's capable of. So you don't want to miss that. And then the third part of this episode, we will be using to preview tonight's matchup against the Colorado Avalanche at 6 p.m. But before we get into the, all of that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Josh. 5-3 to three victory against Stanley Cup favorites, Colorado Avalanche. Things looked a little dicey a minute into the game. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, two penalties right off the jump, especially after last game where it felt like in the post-game comments, they were like, yeah, the second period was rough. There was a lot of penalties. We couldn't gain momentum, couldn't get the ball rolling. And so what do they do the next game? Come out right off the jump, two penalties right back to back. I was like, wow, it's going to be a long one. Uh, but it was a long one, just not for the Blues. Look, this team's got me in the most toxic of relationships. Like, I have not flip-flopped on my outlook of a team as as quickly and as efficiently as I have in these last three weeks of Blues hockey. I, one game, they look like they belong at the top of the lottery. The next game, they look like they belong hoisting the Stanley Cup. It's hard to, to come up with a consensus, like description for this team this late in the season when they can look so drastically different night in night out um now that being said i'm thrilled that they looked as good as they did against colorado um in that 5-3 victory but like it's just another one was like we've seen we've seen games like that before and i'm hesitant to to confirm that like it's oh yeah playoff bound let's go until we see, honestly, tonight, but the next few games moving forward, and tonight's going to be a huge, huge test missing two of their most important defensemen um, lately in Colton Pareko and Vince Dunn, both out for the foreseeable future and playing Colorado again, who will definitely be hung- hungry for a revenge game. So huge test tonight, but 5-3 victory, that's great, but I've seen it before. I'm not convinced. And actually, uh, I just got a tweet update. Uh, so possibly three defensemen out for the St. Louis Blues tonight as Tory Krug is a game-time decision. So we could very well be seeing uh, Steven Santini's debut on the season, which we were talking a little bit about before the pod. Uh, I'll be honest, had no idea who this dude was. Even up until like this season, I had no idea. Uh, but looking him up, I think he's got like 100 games in the NHL. He's a very big dude, very stout guy, 6'2", 205. So I think adding a little bit of size back to that decor could go very far for this team, especially because like we've talked about for the last, it feels like month or so, one of the main problems they have back there is being undersized. And a lot of guys that are very good at skating, very good at moving the puck, but not so good at locking down their own zone. But the Blues did a pretty good job of locking down their own zone against the Colorado Avalanche, even with Nathan McKinnon finally getting on the score sheet. But really, I think the story of the game has to be Ryan O'Reilly, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that after our ad reads coming up here. But, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? He's got two hat tricks 
in the last six games. He now has 20 goals on the season. Yeah, that's just that's a just before we get to 20 goals in the season. Like, obviously, that's not like he had 12 last season. And I feel like up until now, I haven't really like sat down and said, "Wow, Ryan O'Reilly scoring a lot of goals this season." So it it, got, it just goes to show that like he's one of those players that impacts the game so much more than just beyond stats. Like last year, he wasn't asked to be a goal scorer, so he didn't score goals. This year, <clears throat> they need a little bit more offense out of him. All right, 20 goals, two hat-tricks on the season, one of only six players to do that this year. No big deal. And things can change so drastically too. I think that's that's kind of what this alludes to as well because I, I know there was a lot of people on Twitter and I was also in that category of like, damn, like you kind of expect a little bit more from Ryan O'Reilly, especially like, after his post-game comments every time, kind of like sounding like cookie-cutter answers. And like, you can tell he's agitated, but also like he doesn't want to say much. But at the end of the day, like that is your captain. And your team almost goes as he goes. Because when you look back at 2019, uh, that team, I, I don't remember how many players I w- it was. I think it was like 10 players that had 10 goals or more. So their secondary scoring was just absolutely off the charts, right? And obviously getting a goal from Mike Hoffman, last game was massive especially on the power play and especially off that one timer which is what everyone said all season long he should be utilized as and they finally utilized him there and it pays off wow look at him go but that's his bread and butter right there so you got to take advantage of that but like I said the secondary scoring was massive in 2019 it's a big reason why the Blues went as far as they did the problem with that is between injuries and lack of personnel and all of those things combined, I don't know if this team is capable of achieving that secondary scoring in the same fashion. So they're going to have to rely more on their top guys like they've been talking about to step up and create that not only primary scoring, but that secondary scoring too to kind of lead this team and will their way through the playoffs. And fortunately for them, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is going absolutely off the charts right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think that goes back to conversations we were having even before the season started when we were talking about the drastic difference in identity for this team. Um, and I think one thing that comes with that is relying on a little bit more of being being a little bit more top-heavy when it comes to scoring just because the old style of play of like grinded out hockey, winning puck battles along the boards, getting those gritty rebound goals, like that's that's not necessarily I don't want to say a style of the past for the Blues, but it's it's much less prevalent than it was in previous years, and that's what allowed those guys to get ten plus goals because you had guys that aren't able to you know necessarily make chances for themselves that frequently were constantly getting these great rebound opportunities or being set up on passes just because teams were being worn down this year it's a lot more like end-to-end highlight real goals like we saw ryan o'reilly the other night his backhander oh my goodness was that beautiful but it's it's a lot more of that sort of quick strike um fast-paced offense and i think that's sort of is is why we're seeing guys like ryan o'reilly produce so much more and maybe guys on the lower end of the of the spectrum in terms of production are, are, aren't necessarily we aren't seeing that that much depth like you were talking about one of the main goals for this offense should be putting pressure on the defense so maybe you want to put a little bit of squeeze on a guy like ian cole uh you like squeezing cole at home oh my yeah check out the diamond rings that are responsibly sourced by 1010 a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today ring sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from botswana 
10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. So if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Josh, when we come back, we're going to talk more in depth about Ryan O'Reilly, what he means to this team, and what he could possibly mean for this Blues playoff run moving forward and maybe his impact on the NHL as a whole. Don't go anywhere. All right, Josh, so four points in the 5-3 to three victory against the Colorado Avalanche. Your captain, Ryan O'Reilly, is firing on all cylinders. He's a man on fire, as some people would like to say. So, given all of those things combined, I mean, two hat tricks in your last six games, you can't argue with that. Like you said, 20 goals on the season. Uh, he's heating up at the right time. A lot of people are like, this has to be your captain, based off of everything that he does behind the scenes, the way he leads at practice, even after practice, holding camp uh, for the younger guys and just basically trying to show them the ropes and give every piece of knowledge that he has to his teammates. I think he's one of the most unselfish players in the league, but he was. it seemed almost that he was very selfish in the 5-3 victory because he kind of took over the game. And I know we were talking about it before the podcast, Josh, but I do think At the end of the day, Ryan O'Reilly is a guy in the NHL that can have the same impact as a player like Nathan McKinnon. I get that's a hot take, probably overstepping a little bit of boundaries there. But when you watch this game and you watched Ryan O'Reilly get pissed off, go to the bench, probably scream some obscenities to himself, and he goes out and just scores one goal, scores another goal, and then ends up potting the empty netter for the hat trick, it really felt like the entire team turned around when Ryan O'Reilly said, you know what? F this, I'm going to go out, do this myself, because I know I'm capable of beating this team, and I know I'm capable of playing better, and that's exactly what he did. So at the end of the day, I mean, we talked about it before with a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, wanting him to be more selfish and not passing as much and not being a team player because he has that impact on the game. The problem with him is the shoulder surgeries, obviously, and he's getting up there with age and all of those things. His skating ability is not the same as it was. Ryan O'Reilly's kind of a different beast. It feels like he ages like a fine wine, so he still has that capability of taking over a game. I think if he does that consistently, that's kind of the player that we saw that won the Conn Smythe, that won the Selkie, that won all those hardware in 2019. So at the end of the day, like I said, Ryan O'Reilly's capable of having the same level of impact as a guy like Nathan McKinnon. Maybe not in the same format, but the same impact. Uh, and I, I am ecstatic to see how he finishes out this season and potentially a playoff run. Yeah, there, there are a few guys in the league who can take over games like that. And we've talked about it in the past. We've talked about, we've used the word game breaker before a lot. And I, when, when, jo- when Jordan Cairo was going on his, his tear at the beginning of the season, we, we said we were seeing flashes of that game breaker that we only see in the Nathan McKinnons, the Patrick Kanes, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's really easy to discount the absurd trophy case Ryan O'Reilly built for himself in that cup run of the season, especially after, you know, losing his love of hockey, getting traded from Buffalo. You know, the the, the move wasn't 
as loved as it is now when it first happened and for him to go out and win the Stanley Cup, Conn Smythe and Selkie in one season is absurd. And I feel like he's almost become underrated, not just by, you know, the, the, the public and the media, whatever, but by Blues fans. And I think honestly, by myself included, I think he's just so damn good at what he does. And he's so consistent with his production, giving you everything, everything night in, night out that you almost get used to it. And I don't want to say I've been taking it for granted, but but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yep, Ryan O'Reilly's going to get his. He's going to get his 65% face-off wins. He'll probably get a point tonight, and you know who knows? Maybe he'll get a couple goals to go with it. And that's something that we, you know, Blues fans were talking about for years. That franchise center just need that franchise center, and we'll get a cup win. And couldn't have been more right. It and it's it's a position that's so so valued in this league as as a number one center and one of Ryan O'Reilly's um, caliber, but also his skill set. That the two way game that he brings is is so important, and and that's why like the the night like last year when he had twelve goals and maybe we were a little disappointed. I still think Ryan O'Reilly was one of the best players at his position in the NHL last year. Maybe he struggled a little bit shooting wise, but. His defense, everything else was phenomenal. And this year, he's he's taken it upon himself to to be the goal scorer for this team. Something that I don't think he's ever been for a team. I I can't say off the, I don't have the statistics pulled up in front of me. But is he leading the leading the Blues in goals right now, Tommy? Do you know? So I think the second closest player is fourteen. I think it's David Perron. So and then Mike Hoffman's up there, or it's fourteen and thirteen. I don't know which one. Mike Hoffman, David Perron are two and three. Yeah. I so I mean. Ryan O'Reilly, even at the peak of his game, like when we, even the highest expectations of him, I don't think Ryan O'Reilly is ever a guy that you would necessarily peg as your leading goal scorer. And it would be one thing if this team was struggling to score goals, but it, it's kind of the opposite. It, it's, it's, there's been a couple of guys that have stepped up. And yeah, so he's in first, Mike Hoffman's in second with 14. So he's a guy that's really stepped up this year and, and become maybe the best offensive player on this team, along with being maybe the best defensive player on this team. So can't say enough good things about him. And that's the thing too, is like you're talking about Ryan O'Reilly being a number one center and uh, Blues fans looking for that for a long time. And I I think we've kind of seen it with a guy like Mike Hoffman. Uh, That's kind of a weird transition here, but stick with me, okay? So Mike Hoffman comes in and Blues were like, we need a goal scoring guy. Like we need a guy that's going to make the power play better. Uh, So they go out and get this dude and like, He's done really well. Like you said, he's second place in goals on the team. Uh, but it almost has felt like the fit as the team uh, has been a little bit forced. Like he doesn't really play the same style of hockey as the Blues do, which is fine. But I mean, uh, when you talk about going out and getting a number one center, you kind of run into that same problem. Because like, let's say by the stroke of luck and strangeness that the Blues go out and acquire Jack Eichel, I don't know if his playing style would match as well as Ryan O'Reilly does uh, for this team. So I I don't know if this was choreographed by Doug Armstrong or he was just like, this guy is available. I'm going to go get him because I think he's really good. But the playing style of Ryan O'Reilly could not be more perfect for the St. Louis Blues because at the end of the day, you've got a guy that's capable of, like we're seeing right now, leading your team in scoring uh, 20 goals on the season and bringing that offensive power but at the end of the day, even when he's struggling in the NHL and even when he's not playing his best hockey or even when he's not producing at the clip that he is right now, uh, one thing that will not go away for Ryan O'Reilly is his work ethic and his defensive capability. And I think we've seen that all season long. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better center 
or a better player really in the NHL with better stick work uh, than Ryan O'Reilly, just in lifting guys' sticks and uh, creating havoc on 50-50 pucks uh, and board play and all of those things. Maybe Mike Mark Stone, but besides that, I mean, those two guys are like above and beyond everybody else. So I, like I said, I think that just fits this schematic of the St. Louis Blues perfectly, and you couldn't have really asked for a better number one center than what the Blues went out and acquired. Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially with the transition of play style, I think uh, it would have been fair to assume that Ryan O'Reilly's play would have dipped, his offense would have dipped, just because at least coming into the season, he had he had never really shown the potential to be like sort of a, a dynamic forward. He was more of just like a, a gritty, you know, right place, right time, tremendous hockey IQ, and that was great. You know, he was able to get his points that way, and and not only was he able to kind of survive the transition, he thrived off of it. I would say that there there have been few players on this team other than maybe Jordan Cairo that have benefited as much from the more open style of offense than Ryan O'Reilly. He's got 20 goals in 45 games. If this were a full season, he'd be on pace to put up 40 goals. Ryan O'Reilly, 40 goals. That's wild. That's wild to think about. What else is wild to think about is that the NFL draft is coming up. Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. So get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page today to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th to May 1st. And if you need a little bit of energy over those three days to keep you going, because I think the next couple of days of the draft are pretty early, uh, and they're long. It's a lot of rounds, so if you need that energy... To push through all of those days, you got to check out Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And the improved Built Bar is even delicious, sir, with 18 amazing flavors and six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for a keto diet. Now, Josh, I'm going to talk to you today about the Cherry Barcia Bar because it has 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Now, if you act right now and go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com, the best tasting protein bar you'll ever have. Now, Josh, if you are going to watch the draft, mm. you're sitting down in your big easy recliner. I do have one. Chewing on a cherry, chewing on a cherry barcia built bar. Mm. And you're like, you know what? I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go number two overall instead of number one overall. I bet I could make some money on that. You got to go to betonline.ag because betonline is the fastest and easiest way. To bet on all your sports action. The NBA, the NHL, and the MLB are still in full swing. So bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device, because I know you got your phone in your pocket right now. To sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Josh. Yes, sir. Rounding out the show, mm. the grand finale, tonight's matchup oh, baby. against the Colorado Avalanche again. I'm getting kind of tired of saying that because this team is exhausting. But the Blues play at 6 p.m. Philip Grubauer has joined the Colorado Avalanche in St. Uh-oh. Louis. He could potentially be back in net tonight. But what do you think are the keys for the Blues' victory tonight? What would you like to see from some of these young guys? I mean, we talked about it at the beginning. At the top of the episode, they could be missing three defensemen. Uh, so it's going to be big for those guys to step up. What are you expecting to see from Steven Santini? What are you expecting to see from this team? Give me your locked-on player of the game and your prediction for tonight's matchup. All right. Going to fit this all into a quick little speed run. Um, all right. Tonight's game, as has been every single game over the past two weeks, huge. Playoff implications. Blues have been in the same spot for the last two weeks, one point behind or ahead of Arizona. Whatever. Got to start winning some games. Got to start stringing some wins together if they want to make a playoff spot. And they won last game out, and now they need to follow it up with another huge win tonight. The key is to making that happen. They need to start strong, and they need to stay out of the penalty box. Um, This team has struggled on the penalty kill all year. Missing two, potentially three defensemen is just going to make it even more glaring when they do end up on the penalty kill. Um, a guy like Steven Santini, honestly, could probably fit on the penalty kill. I had the pleasure of watching him play a couple of years at Boston College back when I had season tickets there with my family, and he was always a super reliable sort of stay-at-home defenseman who could get things done in the offensive end. I think he had like 20 points in 40 games in his senior year at Boston College. So he's he's not a bad two-way defenseman, but for the most part in the NHL, expect him to sort of stay at home. He's a big guy, like we talked about, 6'2", over 200 pounds, so... He could be he could be pretty pretty impactful for the Blues in the sense that I think he's going to be a pretty good stay at home reliable guy on that third pairing if he doesn't end up playing. Um, but yeah, stay out of the box, start out strong, and no periods off. That's that's the one thing that we've seen in even the best of the games that the Blues have played recently. They've taken five, ten, twenty minutes off, and it's lost them the game. So I think those three things um, combined with my locked on player of the game. I'm thinking, I'm stalling. Let's go. Let's go Jordan Cairo. He's been too he's been too quiet for too long. He scored that ridiculous goal against Colorado last year, so he likes playing against him. He could be a huge dynamic player. He fits perfectly into the style of play that the Colorado Avalanche are gonna want the Blues to play. So if this does become a track meet, which I think it might, I would have to go with Jordan Cairo as my lockdown player of the game. Man, lot to unpack here. Mostly uh my lockdown player of the game is going to be Justin Falk, solely because the fact that we're missing three of our normal defensemen. Um, and he's kind of, I mean, you got like Jake Wallman and Mikola and Bertuzzo. Those guys have all spent time on the defense core and Scandella. But Justin Falk really is like the big name there now with the lack of Tori Krug and Pareko and really Vince Dunn, who's been playing uh, great hockey lately. So I think Justin Falk is kind of going to have to set the tempo for the defense as a whole, not only in the offensive zone, because we know that he's capable of doing that, but also in the defensive zone. Uh, he was very good at it earlier on in this season, kind of quieted down a little bit more. Uh, not to say he's been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but this team is not going to be able to rely on Jordan Bennington to have a shutout performance against the Colorado Avalanche, especially with the lineup that they're putting out, whatever it may be, uh, for defense, because it's just it's just simply not reasonable. It's not going to happen against the firepower that they have. Um, and I think in the easy answer would be Ryan O'Reilly, because like we saw last game, this team kind of goes as he goes. So if he sets the tone by scoring an early goal 
or uh, by making a highlight reel play. I think the team will kind of lift its spirits and follow him in suit. But at the end of the day, this defense is it's going to be a massive test for this defense, especially with the lineup that they're putting out. So it's going to weigh on their shoulders to bring the victory for the St. Louis. Yes, sir. All right, Tommy, before we close this episode out, I got a question for you. I want you to chew on it. I want you to sleep on it. And I want everyone listening to to think about it as well and tweet it at us because we're going to cover it tomorrow. So NHL has recently announced or previously had announced partnership with ESPN, but coming with that is a secondary partnership with TNT, meaning hopefully that we get some sort of NBA TNT style panel. You know, if you don't watch NBA on TNT, it's Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny the Jet Smith, Ernie Johnson, just great chemistry, great jokes, great banter. A lot of energy. A lot of energy, super unique, super memorable. So that being said, hopefully we could see a, a, a panel of analysts in the future. But if you had to pick, I could say four or one, who would be your number one pick, Tommy, in the NHL analyst draft for this new TNT panel that we're dreaming up right now? Think about it. Take some time. Take some notes. Nah. Nah, you I don't need to think about it at all. I know exactly who I would think would be the perfect fit for this role. It would bring a lot of energy. I think it would be the perfect decision. So I'm going to let you guys know on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you guys tune in and tweet out uh, who you think would be the perfect role for a ESPN panelist. We're going to stop it here for today, though. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room at 12 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Send us those analysts because it'll be a good time looking through them and telling you guys how wrong you are. <laughs> but until next time, let's go Blues.